decorate it and fill it in and make it look real beautiful. So we have God creating the dry land or making the dry land. There's waters, okay? And God is putting together those waters to form the seas, and also he's forming the dry land. So we have the dry land and the seas, and also we have plants on day three. We have plants on day three. All right, day four. What do we have on day four? When you look up into the heavens, God made the greater light. What's that called? Yeah, we have the stars. And it's interesting because uh, uh, God has created all the stars. He has them all numbered and named. How much more shall he take care of us? So we have the sun and the moon, and we have the stars. And even though the word planets is not used, the word for stars can also include planets. So God is very specific about the way he's doing this. Also, you learned about the day what the word day is in Hebrew, and what is that term called in Hebrew? It rhymes with uh, home. Yom, okay? And you learn in the Bible, context is king, so the yom is used three different ways. Actually, we see it used two different ways in one verse. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 5, it's used two, di- two different ways. One to refer to a 24-hour period, and another way to, it refers to the daylight portion of the day, and also the word day can refer to a time period. Okay, three different ways. So that's what's called the semantic range. You just look in the context and see which way it's used. And the main thing y'all learned about last week was that the day, uh, the Hebrew scholars, you can simply look it up in the, in the dictionary. A day is a literal 24-hour period. And it's always used like that. Especially when you see it says first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth. When that word is used with a number like that, it's a day. And then just to make sure, it says evening and morning. So many different ways we can see that the, that the earth that the heavens and the earth are creation only 6,000 years ago in six literal 24-hour days. All right. So what we want to learn about today is a little bit about days five and day six. So get out your Bibles to Genesis, and we're going to look at days five and six. And I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. On day five, I'm going to ask you simply what was created on that day, and you can fill that in on on the... in your book on page 25, if you want to make some notes there. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verses 20, uh, 20 to 23. Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. So, in your notes there, I want you just to write down what was created on the fifth day. We see two kinds of creatures created on the fifth day. We see flying creatures, and they're called winged birds, flying creatures, and also sea creatures. Flying creatures and sea creatures. 
All right, let's look at day six. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 24 to 31. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. All right, think about what was made, the three categories here, or actually more in terms of animals. Think about what was made on the sixth day from what we just read. What do we see here in the Bible? We see cattle. Right? You think so, that's a domesticated animal? We see cattle, we see creeping things, and we see beasts of the earth, and also we see the crown of God's creation, uh, man, male and female. There's a couple of questions we want to think about today as we examine the word. One, is the idea of the evolution of the animals consistent with Scripture, and is man just an animal? Okay, I'm going to teach you a lot of questions today. All right, let's go back and look at the scripture here. Chapter 1, verses 20 to 23. And I already answered this. What two groups of creatures appeared on day 5? What two groups of creatures appeared on day 5? And if, and if it's a really simple question, I want you to answer it. All right? Day 5. Yes, birds and fish, and we're going to see, of course, sea creatures. Uh, that's going to include many different types of marine animals, okay? When you think about winged birds, you think about different types of birds, right? Parrots, doves, herons, sparrows, flamingos. And think about this. It says winged bird, but uh, we're going to learn about some other flying creatures, Okay. Now, what phrase? We see a lot of repeated phrases. God really makes it clear what he's doing. He, there's a lot of repeated phrases in Genesis chapter 1. And what, what is one of the, uh, an important repeated phrase uh, in this passage? According to, fill in the blank. According to its kind. That's repeated. That's very important. That phrase right there really demolishes ev evolution. Okay? You learned um, last week, with respect to plants reproducing according to their kind, an apple tree is going to produce apples. 
orange tree is going to produce oranges. It's simple. That's the way God has programmed the genetics with that. Okay, an apple tree will not produce an, an orange. Okay, what I want to do is, this is interesting because the text there talks about a winged bird. And there's a different way of translating the Hebrew for bird. And let's look at a cross-reference to get an idea if winged bird can include some things that we don't even consider to be birds. So turn in your Bible to Leviticus 11, 13, and 19. Leviticus 11, verses 13 and 19. And we're looking at a cross-reference. I love cross-references. It's a great way to study your Bible. The Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture. It's been a big blessing in my life. It does take time to do that. Those cross-references are gems. There's a treasure. So we're going to look at this very briefly. Some of these things you may not know what they are, and it doesn't matter. Because the main thing is what this passage is about. And this passage right here uh, is describing unclean birds. It says it in verse 13. And then there's a, a lot of unclean birds uh, that are not supposed to be uh, eaten. It's unclean birds for the Israelites at the time of Moses. And we're going to notice specifically, it says unclean birds, and then we're going to notice what's at the very end of verse 19. So what I want you to do, instead of me reading that, I'm going to read part of 13, and I'm going to have you scan it. And then I'm going to say the last unclean thing is listed as an unclean bird. These, moreover, you shall detest among the birds. They are abhorrent not to be eaten. Then it lists a bunch of these. Okay? Just kind of scan that real fast. Just look at that. And then look at the very last word, and the bat. Now, we don't really think about the bat being a bird, do we? Technically, uh, it's not. It's like a, one of the only flying mammals, if I remember correctly. Um, so a bat. So the bat is included there. So think about this. This is, where, this is one of the thinking, thinking with the cross-reference here uh, this morning. Um, because the word bat is listed as a bird. What conclusion about our text in Genesis 1 about winged birds can we draw from this category? That's kind of a tough question, but where, where this is headed, yes. You're on the right track. The main, the main thing there is that when it says winged bird, it's going to include uh, winged, uh, not winged, but flying creatures. So what we're seeing here, in the, in the creation on, on day five, not just winged birds, we're seeing uh, that word for birds can be translated as creatures. So it's winged creatures, everything that flies. Okay? Yes? Yes. That's a good, that's a good example. For example, like a pterodactyl. Remember that one? That's a scary-looking thing, isn't it? But a pterodactyl is an example of a uh, flying dinosaur. And that would be on day five. So really, actually, we have dinosaurs created on day five and in day six. Okay, so the flying one would be a dinosaur-like creature, the pair, the pair of dactyl. And also, you could think of something like, um, like a butterfly. Okay, it's not a bird, but that, that, that flies, right? That one gets a little tricky. We'll talk about that later. That can be considered another way, too. All right, so flying creatures. All right. 
continuing with day five, what other category of creatures did God make on day five? We have the flying creatures, and then go down lower, and what, what, what else do we have on day five? Sea creatures, okay? When you think about sea creatures, you're thinking about whales, dolphins, you got, you got fish, crab, shrimp, jellyfish. Uh, and also, since we mentioned a, a, you know, a dinosaur, in terms of a flying dinosaur, now when you think of the sea, now dinosaurs is next week, okay? But it's, it's hard not to get excited thinking about it. Dinosaurs, okay? Uh, when you think about the sea, okay, there's, there's something that you're going to talk about next week. It is in Job chapter uh, 40, verse 15. That would be the Leviathan, okay? That would be a, a dinosaur, a big dinosaur that's a seat like a sea monster. Okay, that will be included on, uh, on day five. All right. Day six. Let's look at day six. On day six, we have the land, the land animals were created. Okay, and there's, there's some categories here. And we mentioned those three categories. Cattle, creeping things, and that's interesting, isn't it? Creeping things. Things that creep, okay, like a lizard. Creeping things. And beast of the field. That would be, think about that in terms of like undomesticated, okay? Something undomesticated. Uh, you wouldn't have this, you know, at your house. For example, an elephant or something like that. All right. So in these categories here, we think of deer, antelope, cows, lizards, alligators, elephants, cats, dogs, insects. That's putting everything together. Also, dinosaurs, okay? Again, that's going to be next week. You're going to learn about in Job chapter 41, the behemoth. Okay, really big dinosaurs uh, are listed in the Bible. So please come next week for that. Day six. Okay, we've got land animals. And what was, the, like, as I said, the crown of God's creation on day six? The crown of God's creation. And what was that created on day six? Man. Man, okay? What distinguishes the creation of man from all the creation of animals? Look at the text there in Genesis 1. What distinguishes the creation of man from the creation of the animals? Man was created in what? Yes, God's image. In God's image. Also, what commands did God give uh, to the man and to the woman in our text? To do what? Yes, be fruitful and multiply. Thanks, Dan. And Veronica? Have dominion. Okay? Have dominion. That means be a good steward. God is, God is in control and he's put man, he wants man to be a good steward and take care of the environment for his glory. Okay, dominion, it sounds military. That doesn't mean not take care of it. That just means have rule over it and take care of it. Uh, and use these resources, you know, ultimately to uh, glorify God and to get the gospel out to all creation. All right, subdue the earth. Again, that doesn't mean do anything negative. We want to take care of the earth. I have another question for you. In verses 29 and 30, this is interesting. It talks about the diet, the diet of the original creatures. What can you assume, uh, or what, actually it's plain, from verses 29 and 30, what does that tell us about the original creatures, their, their diet? What kind of diet was that? Starts with a V. Vegetarian. They're vegetarian. I like to do that. Sometimes I, get, I, get, I make it really easy. They were vegetarian. Okay? 
All right. How did God describe the creation at the end of days five and six? Not just good, but what? Very good. Repeatedly he says, good, 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 and then at the end he says, very good. And that makes sense, right? Because one of God's attributes is that he is good, and everything he does is going to be good by definition, perfectly good. He's perfectly good, so his creation is perfectly good here. Everything was very good. That right there rules out uh, death or anything like that, because death is not good, okay? One of the interesting things about creation that you learned a few weeks ago is the entire Trinity was in on creation, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, God is referring to the Father. And then we have in verse 2, we have the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters. That's the third person of the Trinity. And also other sections of the Scripture in John 1, in Hebrews 1, in Colossians 1, we see that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is involved with creation. All right? So the entire Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are involved um, in creation. And what's interesting about that is in verse 26, we see another, we see an evidence of the Trinity in verse 26, because we see plural pronouns, right here, plural pronouns. It says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is a side note that is interesting that it says, let us. Who's talking to who there? You have an inter-Trinitarian conversation going on. It's like if you're talking with somebody, says, let us go over here. They're having, they're having a discussion here. Let us, that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are having a discussion. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So the us, the are, and the are used again. That's a plural pronoun. That's referring to the Trinity. Okay? Man is made in the image of God. Think about this. Why was man, ultimately, why was man created? And I want you to turn to two verses here. These are very worshipful to consider. Uh, Revelation 4.11. Let's turn to Isaiah 43.7 first. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 43.7. Isaiah. Anybody, any volunteers to read that verse in Isaiah 43, 7? Yes, thanks, Denise. Thanks for reading that in Isaiah 43, 7. We are created for God's glory. Okay? And guess what? This brings glory to him this morning, acknowledging that he is creator, and we're learning more about this. Okay. Now look at Revelation 4.11. You turned to that one uh, before. Revelation 4.11. And as a side note, somebody say, what's worship like in heaven? We get a sneak peek right here. This is, this is showing us what worship is like right in heaven. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Y'all please turn to that. And I'd like a volunteer to read that also. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Yes, Richard, thank you. Amen. 
thank, thanks for reading that. And I, I just get fired up, so I'm going to read it again also. Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. And here's the reason. For you created all things. And because of your will, they exist and were created. So because of God's creation, we worship him as, as, as the creator. So studying this ought to make us want to worship God more. Okay, we're made in God's image, and we know that Jesus Christ has, has uh, a body now, even now. Okay, he'll, 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 we're going to see him in heaven, and he'll, we'll, see, we'll see his body. But uh, at this point in history right here, when it says the image of God, God the Father does not have a body. Okay, he's a spirit. God is a spirit. We must worship him in spirit and, and in truth. Okay, that's why he's invisible. And the Holy Spirit doesn't have a body either, and the Holy Spirit is invisible. So we're made in the image of God. It's not saying, it's not, uh, the focus is not on uh, a body there. But as a side note, I would like to say, this would be for further study. We're not going to pursue this. Uh, think about how God made us, though. Okay, looking ahead to uh, Jesus taking on a body at Christmas and also how we're, 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 we're uh, created. So think about the body that we have. And we can look up and we can, we can praise God, you know, and with our mouth and we can, have, we can raise our hands up. So we are made in the image of God. The focus of that is something called the communicable attributes of God. Communicable, think about communication. Okay, these are attributes that we have that were made in the image of God that we can um, reflect, we can share. Communicable attributes. In contrast to incommunicable. Incommunicable is just a fancy theologic term. That's like God's eternality. Okay, we can't share in that because we're not eternal. Okay, and God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. We can't, we can't share in that. But communicable, things that's God's character reflected in humanity, and these are, these are God's attributes that we can share in. Okay, like creativity, emotions, love, you know, thinking, uh, mercy, wisdom, morality, faithfulness. Think about that faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. So because God is faithful. He wants us to be like him and to be faithful. Holiness would be another one. God says, be holy, for I am, I am holy. So we're made in the image of God, and unfortunately, with the fall, that image has been marred, and that will be talked about more in, in future lessons. Look back at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And I have a question for you. What allows us to say that mankind is absolutely distinct from the animals that God created? We were just talking about it. Yes. We're, we're, we are made in God's Image, okay, God created us, okay, and also we have, we have dominion over uh, the animals. By the way, dominion over the animals, when we're made in God's image, that gives us worth. That right there negates the whole concept of man having dominion over other man in terms of, in a sinful way, like, like slavery. Think about this. This is a strike against the idea of evolution. Mankind is not just a highly evolved animal, but a unique creation of God, the crowning act of his creative work. This gives all humans value 
since they are created in the image of God. That gives us, that's why we have value. Now think about this. What moral problem what moral problem is often the result of telling people that they are nothing more than highly evolved animals? Yes. Ultimately, abortion comes from, from sin, and then when you add this concept of negating that God created man and, and, and there's an embrace, people embrace evolution, that's like throwing fuel on the fire there. So it does lead to um, abortion. And uh, would you like to explain how that's the case? Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Richard? Thanks for sharing that when you said uh, in the book of Judges, everybody does what's right in their eyes, and they're doing that because they don't fear God. When you fear God and embrace his creator and therefore life has value, then you're going to act accordingly and treat life with value and not do things uh, like that was just discussed. Abortion, slavery, and genocide, and, and segregation, and other, other things. Herb? Yes, and um, that just reminds me of, of the gospel. We have to share, you know, to share, share the gospel with these with these folks, and um, they have to understand that they're sinners, and there's a Creator God.
and that there's the wages of sin is death. Rejecting God as creator leads to a lot of perversion, and we see that in Romans chapter 1, where the creator God, the knowledge, which people have no excuse, it's all around them in creation and in their conscience, and they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, and it leads to all the perversion we see in Romans chapter 1. We're going to transition now. We're going to watch a little, it's a short video on kinds. And this is going to introduce our activity. You have your worksheet and the kinds of critters worksheet. So this, we're going to watch this video. And then I have you work, you can work in pairs you like on the this worksheet then we can uh, discuss that briefly the universe displays incredible variety consider snowflakes Everyone is different. Every cloud is different. Every planet, every galaxy is different. This variety is just as visible among organisms. Every individual is different from every other individual. Every giraffe has a unique pattern. Every zebra has distinct stripes. Every dog has a distinct personality. And every human is different from every other. Despite all this variety, it's easy to see which of these belong in the same group. As different as deer are from each other, we still recognize them as deer. As different as finches are from each other, we still recognize them as finches. The same is true of plants. There are thousands of species of orchids and thousands of species of grass, but we still call them orchids and grass. Modern scientists call each of these groups families. The Bible gives a clue about the origin of such variety. Genesis 1 says that God created distinct organisms after their kind. In fact, he uses this phrase, after its kind or after their kind, 10 times in the creation account. What does the biblical term kind refer to? It is possible that in most instances, these kinds 
are the groups of similar species that scientists recognize today as families. If so, God made an orchid kind, a grass kind, a deer kind, a finch kind, and many others. Within these kinds, he placed potential for amazing variety. The creation of similar things with differences demonstrates that God loves variety and God loves unity. The best explanation for this is God's very nature, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three persons in one, loves both diversity and unity. get excited when the Trinity is mentioned and you think about the Trinity, one God in three persons, you see unity and diversity and we also see that since God you see that reflected in uh, his, his creation, okay? What's interesting about this, it says that a kind a kind, a simple way to look at a kind is a, a, a family okay so I'm about to have you do this kinds of critters uh, worksheet and we'll talk about this a little, a little bit I want you to look at the sheet on the top it says, on the fifth and sixth days of the creation week, God created many different kinds of animals. On day five, all the flying and sea creatures were created to fill the waters and the sky according to their kinds. On day six, all the land-dwelling creatures were created according to their kinds to multiply and fill the earth. Rather than an evolutionary tree, see that on the left side, uh, where all organisms on the earth share a common ancestor, the biblical explanation will be more like an orchard. It's on the right there orchard of life. Each of the distinct kinds of creatures that God made began with an amazing amount of variety programmed into them. From there, these characteristics were expressed in different individuals as they multiplied and filled the earth, each according to its kind. Okay, this activity has two parts. First, you can do a little exercise to think about some of the interesting creatures God uh, created, and then you can look at some of the animals we see today and organize them into created kinds. So just a little tip on this first part, it says day five or day six. There's a few of these that can, got, can, can kind of go either way, okay, in terms of when you write them down. So, so most of them, it's pretty clear, and some may be a, so you put a five slash six on that. And then on the created kinds on the bottom, um, it looks like there's four different kinds of groups. Actually, these can be grouped into three, okay? So go ahead and work on that, and then we'll briefly discuss that. As a reminder, as you're working on it, think of day five, you think of the flying creatures and the sea creatures. Day five, flying creatures, sea creatures. Day six, land animals and man.
pardon me for interrupting, but as you get to the end, it says, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, a plesosaur. That's a marine dinosaur-like creature, a marine dinosaur, the last one. Water. All right, let's go ahead and, I know when you have these worksheets, you don't have much time to do them. So you, just, you have to go through them fast. I, I understand that we really need more time, but let, let's go ahead and uh, move on. And I'm sure most of you got done at least the first part. And some of these are pretty easy, and some are, some are interesting. Uh, let's start with the uh, platypus. Sorry, I don't have a picture of that, but you remember that from like elementary school? It's just fascinating, some of these animals. Platypus, okay. Uh, that's interesting. The platypus. So, where did you put that one? And uh, where did you put the platypus? And where did you put it? And why? Day five or day six or some other thing? Okay, I heard Steve say it could be five or it could be six. Okay, it could be it could be uh, five. And why is that? So it's both, right? A platypus is primarily a water creature, but it spends time on the land. I don't know about that. Um, now, the answer is in Genesis. They say it's probably a day six creation. And that, I don't have an explanation for that. But that's just an example of it can go, it can be five or six. Okay? And the answer is in Genesis says day six. Let's do another one. This one I think would be better to talk about. Uh, butterfly, okay? Butterflies, that's interesting because before a butterfly is a butterfly, it's a little crawly thing, okay? Caterpillar, and then it's uh, trans transformed. All right, so a butterfly, where would you put um, a butterfly? Now, think about this. God is, creates things, and he creates them uh, mature. It's like mature creation. He cre create a tree, for example, it's another thing, with rings in it, even though it's just created instantly, okay? With the rings. So, when God created the butterfly, it, it's mature, and based on that, what day would it be? 
just created the butterfly. What day would you put it? Five. Now, why would somebody, why would somebody uh, say day six? Possibly. Right, because of the caterpillar, it's creeping, right, as a caterpillar. So that could go either way. Here's some other, uh, some, some that are fun. Think about this. Um, penguins and ostriches, okay? Those are cool um, because they're birds. They can't fly, okay? But penguins are really good swimmers, and ostriches can run really fast. Um, so where would, where would you put those? Um, I don't know. Okay, because they're not a flying creature, so maybe, maybe, uh, what, what would you do? That's possible. You're using biblical reasoning there. Okay, so that's good. You want to have a biblical reason? All right. And the argument, other, other argument would be, since, that, since they're not a flying creature, maybe that would be day six. All right. Uh, think about this. We're talking about creation versus really e evolution, and we want to have a better understanding and, and trust in God's word that he's creator in that uh, evolution is a lie from the devil. Okay? There is a huge discrepancy in the evolutionary explanation uh, versus the Bible, and you all did that a few weeks ago, and you saw all the discrepancies on what, on, on what came first. Think about this. For, for example, here's a discrepancy. On, on uh, days five... On day five, creation, according to creation, we would have what? Whales. Okay? Whales. But the creatures they allegedly evolved from were created on day six. Okay? According to evolutionists, whales come from something that we know was created on day six. So evolutionists teach that mammals evolved from reptile-like an, an ancestor and that then, then evolved into whales after millions of years. I know that sounds convoluted, so don't even ask me to try to explain that. But that's what they believe. And you can't just line up the biblical order with the evolutionary view and try to show how they are parallel. They're opposite. We see, we see the, the opposite when you look at that, what's created on what day. Let's look at the uh, created kinds. Okay? Let's talk about created kinds. And you talked about plants uh, before. Uh, you know, God's created things reproduce after their kind. And it's the same way with... Um, Animals reproducing according uh, to their kinds. Think about this. We should be able to use the ability of different species to interbreed as one way to determine if they are the same created kind. This is called hybridization. Hybridization. A hybrid is an animal that is produced from parents of different species. Okay? In other words, if two animals can breed and form uh, a hybrid, that means they are the same kind, okay? They're from the same family, okay? For example, what is a mule, okay? The mule is the offspring of a male donkey and a female horse, okay? So what can we conclude about horses and mules? They're part of the what, what kind? Horse kind. Okay, the horse kind. Okay, and think about what are some other animals you can think of that fit into the horse kind. Zebras, yes, zebras and um, and like even like wild horses. Okay. At the bottom of your sheet, 
it looks like there's four groups, but there's actually, I kind of gave you a hint ahead of time, there's, there's actually only three. So you, you have three groups here. You can have dogs, cats, and actually there's another one that's going to be something, I'll get to that in a moment. In the dog kinds, we have wolves, coyotes, jackals, and black labs. In the cat kind, we would have leopards, tigers, cougars, bobcats, lions, house cats, and then we have, uh, I think, of Denise and Carlos, I think of their cat. I don't know if you've ever seen their cat, but it's, wow, it's an amazing, it's an amazing cat. Um, think about this. Uh, what, what else did you put uh, these other groups into? What else did you put on, on that one? What other group? We did the... We did the uh, those two groups, and there's a third group. Yes. Oh, really? That's interesting. Okay. So after the dogs, I mean, uh, after the dogs and the cats, what do we have left? Yes, the, the, the camel, the llama, and the alpaca. In the alpaca, that's like a, uh, it's similar to a llama, but it, it's smaller. And I saw a picture of it, it kind of looked like a, the picture I saw, not accurate, it was, it kind of looked like a sheepdog. So it looked like a llama, and it, had, it was, it was uh, short, smaller, and it was very hairy, okay? So we can group these. So actually, camels and llamas, this is surprising, camels and llamas can actually interbreed. Did you all know that? Seems like a biology lesson, doesn't it? So what, what, what we're seeing here is that with uh, the Bible, we believe the Bible, and also and we, we embrace, uh, we need to know about science, right? You think Ken Ham knows a lot about science? He knows a, a lot, okay? So we need to know a lot, too, about these things. Camels and llamas can actually interbreed, okay? And based on this and other criteria, we can consider them part of the same created kind along with alpacas. And uh, scientists actually group these together into a, uh, a family called the Camelidae. Camelidae. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but the uh, Camelidae. Think about this. From a biblical perspective, a cat can never change into a dog, and a reptile can never change into a bird. There are clear biological limits to the amount of change and variation that can exist within a created kind. This makes biological ev evolution, like Charles Darwin suggested, an impossibility. In other words, you're not conceding anything. We talked about these, all these different dog kinds. We, some people would actually call this adaptive variation. It's called adaptive variation. is a better term as opposed to, say, microevolution. Okay? So somebody could ask you a quick question and say, evolution is true. You have to say, what do you mean by that? Because if they say it's a macroevolution, that's false because we know that things re only reproduce according to their kinds. But some people call the, all the variations within a kind, call some of those the, adapt the adaptations, for example, that bugs make when they're sprayed with DDT and the ones that are strong, stronger survive. That's an, that would be an example of adaptive variation or microevolution. So don't get thrown off by terms, okay? However, we, don't, we do not have one kind change into another kind. And that's what Charles Darwin suggested. And that's an impossibility. We want to do is look at things through biblical glasses. Okay? The diversity within the created kinds and between the created kinds 
becomes clear when we, when we believe the Bible and look at it from God's perspective. All right, we're going to conclude now. I realize I didn't um, give you the opportunity to ask any questions, and I did that sort of on purpose because we're actually getting through most, most of the, the material today, and it's a, it's a trade-off sometimes. So you can come up to me ask afterwards, and you'll probably stump me anyways if you do that. It's some, bio, some biology question, especially. All right, here's what we talked about. Uh, we talked about what God created on days five and six of creation week, and I want you to see two things clearly from today. First, God created the different living things by simply speaking them into existence. We see the uh, omnipotence of God. He just creates. God, God said it, and it was so. Okay? He just creates it. He's all-powerful, and we can trust our lives with this all-powerful God. He's all-powerful. All things are possible with, with God. We want to worship him because he's omnipotent. And also we see in his creation... You see this, this wonderful, beautiful diversity. All of creation just shouts out to the glory of God. It's how, how beautiful he is. First, God created the different living things by simply speaking them into existence. And they were created in specific groups that reproduce together and can be created and can be a, called a created kind. One kind can't change into another. Nor can two different kinds interbreed. Second, Man was a special creation of God distinct from the other animals. Man was in God's image, and we have dominion over the animals. We didn't evolve from animals. We have, were created by God, and we have dominion over, over the animals. We're made, only we are made in the image of God. And because of this, God has a unique relationship with mankind that he does not have with the rest of earthly uh, creation. All of creation brings God's glory. And God has chosen to have a special relationship with, with man. And we actually can share in some of his attributes. And the most important thing, we, most important thing is God has created us, us in his image. And he's the creator. He's in charge. And we can bring glory to him. And a, a, a way to bring glory to God is, is by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So by repentance and faith, trusting in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection... We can have forgiveness of sins, and we have the wonderful opportunity to worship our Creator now and find the greatest joy in that, and it brings Him the most glory, and also forever. And what could be, what could be more important than that? So think about that. When you're talking with people about, and, and, uh, just be, about evolution versus uh, uh, the Bible, be, in the back of your mind, be thinking evangelism, okay? Think of a way, uh, don't get bogged down arguing about some of these things. Want to be, have some answers so they'll listen to us. We know a little bit about what we're talking about some of these issues. We want to go to, go to the fact that do you consider yourself a good person and, the, and then show them that they're not and that they've broken God's law and they're a sinner and they deserve hell. And then we can say, but the good news is because our creator is also a loving God and he sent us Jesus Christ to uh, live a perfect life and die on the cross so that by believing in him we can have forgiveness of sins and worship God. Um, our, our creator with that said let's, cl let's close in prayer now on, on time I believe Heavenly Father we thank you for uh, this lesson and I, I, I just want to personally thank you for all the things that I learned uh, studying for this and it also shows me how much more I 
need, uh, need to learn uh, to honor you and know more about this so I can have a deeper understanding and appreciation of, uh, of, of creation as laid out in Genesis. Uh, oh God, we believe the Bible. It's your word. It's without error. And you are truthful and you cannot lie. Therefore, your word is the truth. And Genesis is the foundation. And I just pray that uh, at our church, we, we embrace this. We want to embrace this more. And I pray there will be a, re a new reformation in our day where people will believe uh, in the literal interpretation of the foundation of your book, the first 11 chapters of, uh, of Genesis. And that is the foundation also for the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. So thank you for what we're learning. We look forward uh, to next week when, uh, with David Kaposha being back. We look forward to learning about uh, dinosaurs. So help us to have a, a blessed remainder of the day. It's the best day of the week. In Jesus' name, amen.